Hey everybody, welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Chris Calcutt, and today we're going to talk about SmackDown Live for June 13th, 2017, the Money in the Bank Go Home Show. We're also going to have a preview of this Sunday's upcoming Money in the Bank pay-per-view. And Chris, how's it going, man? I'm doing well, Glenn. Hope you are, sir. Um, I apologize to our Monday viewers. My microphone settings were off, so you probably heard me a little fuzzily on Monday, but uh, should be nice and clear this week. Nice. <laughs> it happens, man. It happens. Uh, cool. So let's uh, talk about SmackDown Live last night, the go-home show for Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank, my favorite pay-per-view of the year. Very much looking forward to it this Sunday. We opened with the New Day doing uh, their most elaborate entrance in some time. Kind of surprising that they, uh, I don't want to say wasted this or blew it on a, on a regular episode of SmackDown Live. I mean, I know they were in New Orleans. They had access to a band, you know, but it was... Great, great entrance. Yeah, absolutely. I loved every second of it. And I think why they did it is um, since they were the host of WrestleMania this year and um, WrestleMania is in New Orleans next year, I think they sort of gave the nod to that and gave a little preview um, of what was to come. So I thought that was a cool little aspect in their entrance. Um, I was jamming out to those guys. I think it was the, the Soul Rebels, I believe, was the band. Yeah, it was great. And, you know, and I love when they do this stuff with New Day. I think New Day has just amazing opportunities. And you compare this to like WrestleMania this year. You know, I wish they'd done something like this in Mania because I thought mm -hmm. even as hosts that Mania was a little kind of understated compared to everything it could have been, you know. Uh, sure. So this was great. Uh, so they came out, uh, joined in the ring by the Usos, the Fashion Police, which interesting that their uh, entrance graphic now, Fashion Police, not, uh, you know, uh, leaning on that even more than Brazongo and uh, then joined by the clones. And so we went into a eight man tag match. You know, I'm a little critical of this tactic. We talked about this before. I mean, literally, hey, you know, you're going to see these feuds coming up Sunday at Money in the Bank. Um, so now let's just toss all these guys into a match together and see what happens. It was an okay match, but I don't know. What did you think about choosing this to start the show? Um, I mean, again, you had that segment to start it off with the band and everything. It yeah. got the crowd hyped. And then, you know, it, it lost a little bit of its luster. But I actually thought each team held their own in the little promo segment. Oh, um, and it only lasted nine minutes. That's the thing. It wasn't something on Raw that lasts, you know, lasts 20 minutes to get to the first match of the evening. This was actually part leading into the match. And it only took, you know, less than 10 minutes. So I was okay with that. And um, the match went what was it two or three segments? I know there was at least one commercial break in between um, with the little picture in picture bots, but uh, the, the match itself was good. You can tell all these guys can go and it, it's nice to see a little shine on the tag teams um, on SmackDown. Oh, I think they're great. I just think it's the idea that, you know, to build anticipation for what's coming up Sunday, we just saw. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, it's, it's lazy to an extent, but we have to also look, it's a go home show. We shouldn't expect a ton more. Um, yeah. it, there's only so many configurations you can do and, and they just went with the easy, uh, easy way out this time, and it, and it still ended up being being pretty entertaining. Kofi's finisher, I have to say, last night looked amazing. Yes, uh, Trouble in Paradise has always looked good, um, and uh, he hit it nicely. I mean, he actually missed it the first time around, did the recovery, and then hit it uh, a second time. So I thought that was pretty sweet. But that replay of it even had like the best angle. I mean, it just. Was fantastic. Yeah, and, and New Day looked motivated. I mean, they, they looked hyped to be there. And whenever they actually show energy, it rubs off on the crowd and rubs off on the other guys, and uh, it makes you enjoy it even that much more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so after that, I had a bit of surprise that um, Mojo Raleigh joined backstage by Zack Ryder. 
the hype bros are back they've got unfinished business as a tag team are you excited to see zach back on tv um, I, i'm excited to see zach back on tv i'm not necessarily excited for the hype bros um but it <laughs> might it, it might be the best thing for them though because they were starting to get over as a tag team Oh, yeah. um, and, and, you know, they are technically the last number one contenders before uh, Ryder got hurt. Now, of course, we've had several champions and, and titles change hands since then. Uh, so I doubt they will be able to waltz right into their number one contendership spot. Um, you know, since we have two of the most prominent tag teams in the company going against each other right now. Uh, but I'm glad to see them back. Um, Ryder looked a little more... Uh, I guess straightforward. He wasn't quite as hyped. He wasn't his broski um, mm-hmm. self quite as much. Uh, and he showed that on talking smack as well after that. Yeah. Um, he was very, yeah, he was very straightforward. So it made me think, you know, he'll turn in the future, possibly. Um, I don't think this relationship uh, is revamped for an extremely long time, unless they just take off like nobody's business. Well, I'll tell you, the unfortunate part is, you know, I could very much see them going up against the Ascension next week on SmackDown if mm-hmm. they don't give them uh, a bit of a boost, a bit of a push. And uh, that's a bad slot to be in. Literally well, the that, bottom that, rung of the tag team. Right, line. but they have to start back somewhere and uh, get a win against a big tag team. That, that starts the first rung of the ladder, so to speak. Yeah, every, everyone in the chat debate if the Ascension is even on the ladder, let alone the first <laughs> rung of it. They might, they might be lower. And that's not no fall on the Ascension, no fall on Connor and Victor. It's just how the WWE has booked them into obscurity at this point. Um, amazing, given what stars they were on NXT. <sighs> so uh, we got something last night that a lot of people tweeted at me about. You know, I was at a concert, so I watched SmackDown this morning. But um, we got two women's singles matches. I feel like they're listening to me. No six women in the same segment last mm-hmm, night. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. They, yeah, they pretty much got everybody involved and had – basically three separate segments uh, to an extent. So that was good to see. Yeah, Naomi versus Tamino last night. Uh, Naomi did win, which makes me wonder, using uh, Raj Giri's booking uh, prediction analysis mm-hmm. of, oh my God, could Lana actually win the belt on Sunday? I have to say, when she came into the ring after that match, I thought Tamina and uh, Naomi was good. I mean, it was kind of a quick match. But when Lana came into the ring and did that thing with grabbing the belt, I mean, Granted, you know, matched her outfit perfectly with the blue, but she looked pretty good, I got to say. Yeah, she looked like she belonged, and this may be one of the better Tamina singles matches I've seen, let's see, ever. Uh, How many Tamina <laughs> singles matches have there been? Okay, that's a fair point. Uh, <laughs> but with that said, yeah. she actually she held her on. There, It wasn't extremely sloppy. It was pretty uh, pretty straightforward match. Tamina got her stuff in, looked dominant. Naomi with the babyface athletic comeback. I thought it was a pretty nice match overall. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, so Jinder's segment last night, they kept saying, oh, Jinder and Randy are going to face off. They're going to mm-hmm. face off in advance of their rematch at Money in the Bank. Um, you know, with Randy Orton, I think less is more. I think with Jinder now, they've got him talking. They've got him doing a shtick. It's as hokey as it is in the angle. I mean, I like, I like Jinder as like, the heel champ a lot, actually. I've really mm-hmm. come to enjoy that. But even his shtick is kind of growing on me. And that was the the point for me that was kind of like a little cringy, but now he's getting more comfortable with it. I think it's, it's a better version. Um, what did you make of that, of Randy just coming and doing the RKO and standing there in the crowd for an uncomfortably long amount of time with the camera on <laughs> and while people are taking selfies and Randy's just in there unflinching. I thought that was an interesting angle to kind of, you know, uh, elevate Randy a little bit. That was the only thing that I 
slightly disliked about it was him standing in the crowd forever. But uh, the run-in, RKO, the distraction um, with the music, you know, the Singh brothers were out there ready to fight. They were on the ramp, and they left good old Mahal's side. And a running RKO in one fell swoop. That was a beautiful RKO. Um, it reminded me of uh, – a viewer sent me a tweet of a, a little gif of – him doing one, who was it? Uh, it was him doing an RKO onto a car that he did the same running RKO, which was pretty sweet. But it got a huge pop. Uh, Randy looked motivated again, uh, again, for the first time in a while. And even his little promo backstage afterward, it was a pure fire babyface promo, which we haven't got from Randy in a long time. You know, I think if you can limit Randy to just like the RKO and the pose, I mean, I think that it's like the greatest hits, Randy, and people pop for that. I think right. it's when they go beyond that. You know, I made the comparison before that it's like Kid Rock, man. If you just hear Bawitaba, you know, you're just kind of like, yeah, I'm into it. But then he wants to play something new and you're like, oh, not so into it. Don't need to know what Kid Rock's up to these days. Mm. You know, I think with Randy, the nostalgia for the hits are great, but we, we don't need to get into Randy as the artist because there's not a lot there. You know, yeah, I mean, as JBL calls him, you know, if you're to build a sports entertainer from the ground up, he would be the one. And uh, he looked the part last night and got the pop because of it. And uh, now with him sort of being on top at the go home show, that tells me as well as being in St. Louis, you know, uh, doesn't look so good for him on Sunday. But uh, we'll run down the uh, money in the bank card a little bit later. Absolutely, man. Um, so I want to take a moment, give some love to the sponsor of this episode, which is Mack Weldon, which let's face it, it's better than whatever you're wearing right now. Mack Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabric and simple shopping. And let me tell you, it's so easy to go on their site. I was able to find a lot of different clothes in my size and the styles that I like. I got some awesome shorts that, you know, you've heard Raj and I talk about it. They feel like comfy shorts. They look like dress shorts. The dream people, you can wear them out and you look great and they're incredibly comfortable they've got amazing underwear they've got moisture wicking technology uh, antimicrobial so it's going to take care if you're working out in it you know it's it's going to mask the odor as it were um they've got shirts they've got undershirts they've got socks they've got everything for your fashion needs and yeah that silver underwear and shirts the antimicrobial technology is amazing so comfortable feels great and let me tell you here's an awesome thing about mac weldon is if you don't like your first pair that you order from them you can keep it and they'll refund you, no questions asked. Not only does their underwear, socks, and shirts look good, but they perform good as well. So again, if you're going to the gym, if you're going out day to day, they got something for every occasion and we've got a deal for you. Go to MacWeldon.com and you're going to get 20% off using the promo code INC. That's MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using the promo code INC. Go to MacWeldon.com, save that 20%. INC is the code. You're going to love what you get. Trust me, Mack Weldon, fantastic. They believe in that smart design, premium fabric, simple shopping. Love them. So glad to have them as a pro, uh, sponsor of the Wrestling Inc. podcast, and we thank them for sponsoring us. MacWeldon.com. Um, so let's talk about these backstage segments last night. We had uh, two of them, you know, uh, the, the Justice League and the Legion of Doom getting together, talking about their strategy for that six-man <laughs> tag main event. Um I hope with Sami Zayn, this is something they're going for now with the character with him in yeah. being super annoying and over the top. And I wonder, like, okay, is is are they lampshading it? You know, I think at first it was a bit of a rib, and now it's a shtick. Um, it was very interesting, even having Nakamura reply with "I like him." Like, <laughs> you know, that's and, the type of promo yeah. that Nakamura should be cutting. 
is doing like great facial expressions, the whole promo, and then three words, boom, yeah. right there. Yeah, uh, but with, with the Sammy thing in general, it's starting to rub off on me, man. I, I hated it at first, but if this is really an extension of what he's like in real life, it's actually kind of cool. Now, is it going to get him to a main event level? No, they're not going to let a neurotic dork style of a character get there to, you know, to hold the WWE championship. At least I wouldn't think so. But then, you know, he got the pin later in the evening, but I digress. Um, I may have called that on Monday too, by the way, um, or last Wednesday, whenever it was. Uh, I actually think I called Sammy getting a pin to uh, go toward the pay-per-view. But to, to guarantee that he's not winning money in the exactly, bank. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I thought uh, the shtick's growing on me. I, I thought it was uh, actually a little endearing last night. What about you? You know, I listening to him on podcasts and seeing his interviews and how he talks, um, I mean, I think his natural personality is great. This is definitely that amped up. Mm -hmm. And I think that you either find it humorous if you're a fan. I mean, remember, this is a guy, you know, French Canadian, but his favorite show growing up was Seinfeld, you know, so very much shows he's very much got that Larry David curb your enthusiasm mm -hmm. sort of attitude. You know, it's, it's amazing. A French Canadian Muslim uh, who, for all intents and purposes, comes across like a New York Jew. Uh, um, exactly. You know, it's a sitcom in and of itself. It yeah, really is. absolutely. And I like that. I like that style of humor. So for me, I find it endearing, but I don't think this is how you get over with the universe. I don't think no. that's what your average wrestling fan tunes in to see. I think how he was in NXT, the really super earnest guy mm -hmm. who talked about it, he had to push himself and do better. That, I think, was a good character for him, but it's clear that on the main roster, they're not giving him that to work with. No, and I just don't think the they see him at that level on the main roster, you know, for whatever reason, whether it be his size or, or whatever. But um, it, it fits him right now. Um, it gives him something to do. It gives him a chance to interact with a lot of different people in a humorous way. So, you know, I'm fine with it. Yeah, and um, then we have the flip side of that with Kevin Owens being the overthinking, over-talking guy, which I thought was a nice little parallel with him doing the thing with Corbin and Dolph. I thought owens backstage doing that i thought that was the best owens has looked on tv since he broke up with chris jericho yep um he looked like he wanted to be there he sort of owned that spot you know corbin i don't like you ziggler i yeah. don't you know, i like you but you know not yeah. much very much not, not yeah, much more than i do great. corbin forget the stupid face of america crap you know and all the other stuff he's he's done in his promos this guy last night this was i think the cool heel Kevin Owens mm -hmm. that has been missing um, since the Festival of Friendship. So I really like seeing that last night. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about our Money in the Bank predictions a bit later. But I think, um, you know, it's pretty clear who who needs it at this point versus the other guys. So let's talk about Charlotte Flair versus Natalia. First time seeing them in singles action against each other since uh, I think the pay-per-view they did last year before the brand split, uh, the one that uh, Ric Flair and Bret Hart got involved in. Um, I really enjoyed this match last night. I thought this was good and uh, sets up nicely, I think, some of the spots we're going to see at Money in the Bank. Yeah, for sure. I mean, these two work well together. Um, I like that they actually treated it as a back-and-forth match. They had a couple of stalemate stalemates early on, um, and – if you go back to their match at NXT, which followed that same Brett and Rick storyline, um, I said pretty much wash, rinse, repeat, and you have a pretty good match. Uh, and they did that. And Charlotte broke out the moonsault, almost overshot it a bit, and people were like, oh, my God, I hope she doesn't do that Sunday. I'm like, guys, there's a ladder involved. 
It's going to happen. Oh, yeah, that's going to be the <laughs> spot of the night. I mean, who else? You know, not not to put down any of the women in the women's money in the bank match, but I'm just like, who else can do, like, proven they could do aerial stuff? I mean, Becky is Becky would be the only yeah. one that, yeah, would, would be the only one I would even have an inkling of doing a, a somewhat big, big Yeah, Natalia, Natalia's not a high flyer. Um, no, but she can take a bump. So that, that she yeah, might be on the receiving end and probably is the safest and most experienced in, you know, catching and, and, and that kind of thing. But I'm trying. I'm trying to think. I mean, Carmella is not really known for her top rope action. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know uh, what to expect from that. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but I thought that match last night, the one the singles match, was good. Uh, they from that came back to WWE Heroes promo and the Fashion Files. It's interesting that you know this shows. I think that creative believes in the Fashion Police, given that. Brazongo was in the opening segment and they got this vignette last night, setting them up against a mystery opponent. I'm assuming it's the colognes. Uh, could be the hypros. Who knows? Uh, did they announce that that match is happening for Sunday? The colognes versus Brazongo? I don't believe so. Um, I don't think we've gotten to the bottom of the case yet. I, I think, um, <laughs> I think still American alpha is that wild card that, uh, could, could be. be, you know, the, the jock, the jock type of heels. God, you know, um, that would be a perfect, that will be a perfect spot for them. Um, and Gable has personality. He really does. So, I mean, he could play that little smarmy cocky heel if he wanted to and play really well off these guys. God, I mean, now I love the fashion police and I think Brazongo have been great since day one. I love those guys separately as a team but isn't it amazing that here we are almost a year into american alpha on the main roster and brazongo is going to be the team that has to put american alpha over <laughs> i mean to each their own um i love both teams quite a bit honestly have for a long time but uh jeez uh, brazongo just continues to deliver but as you said earlier in the show they gave them an actual name now they're no longer brazongo per se they're the fashion police, they put it on their Titan Tron and everything. So, mm -hmm. and they, they made it a point to announce them as that during the match a couple of times too. So if they're giving them a, a firm identity and like you said, putting them in the intro video, uh, giving them weekly, weekly vignettes, then that, that's a good sign for those guys. Yeah. Can, can we talk about the bad, bad, bad tattoos that uh, Fandango has as he oh. was on his legs? Oh God. That, no wonder he wears long pants while he wrestles. You know, people make questionable decisions in life. Yeah. Uh, uh oh, sounds like somebody that no, no, not me. <laughs> no, but I know a lot of people. Yeah, that's why I never did it, man. Because I mean, you know, it's like I can't commit. I can't make that kind of commitment to something. You know, it's like that's uh, too much. But uh, actually, it's really weird too. Did you ever watch uh, uh, was it Inked on the Network? The one uh, Corey Graves does. Yeah, I watched a couple of episodes. Those are interesting. You know, actually, it seems like the WWE uh, superstars, by and large. You know, but I think they only focus on the ones that have good tattoos, that they have good stories right. behind. Right. You know, as opposed to like, yeah, I got this. Let's not talk about it. Um, so we got another backstage promo with Lana last night. Uh, Dasha was talking to her backstage. I thought, man, like, could they do this? Could Lana really win on Sunday over Naomi? And I only say that because, I mean, I like Naomi as champion, but they don't treat Naomi as champion the way that they would treat like Charlotte or even Becky. I think with Naomi, we've all kind of felt like we're happy about this, but it feels mm -hmm. very tentative. Right. I mean, she's got the big entrance. The crowd loves yeah. it. Um, she's super athletic, as we all know. Um, she can go in the ring, but 
she just, I don't know if it's just the it factor that's kind of missing a little bit, or they're just trying to portray her as a downplayed character to a, to an extent. Mm. Uh, but they're trying to make Lana feel like that star. And like you said, she looked great with the championship with the, with the matching evening gown. So I wouldn't put it past them to put it's, it on her. Night and day difference from how they treated her a week ago. I mean, mm-hmm. they last night presented her like a credible. Yep. Contender. So, uh, anything but, go- yeah real real quick I, yeah. we forgot one little talking point what oh, did yeah, you yeah. think of uh lana's finisher sort of the the fisherman's power slam to an extent uh sort of the fisherman's buster pickup and then a, a power slam yeah i think it's okay i don't think it's you know like the best but again she looked to me like she had the complete package mm-hmm you know, yeah i mean uh, she, she felt like a champion there so i like the finisher it's simple for somebody of her speed in the ring, probably a good idea, but yeah. it looks effective, so it'll get the job done whenever she does get that win with it. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Six-man tag last night for the main event, Kevin Owens, Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler versus AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Sami Zayn. Um, Sami ended up pinning Corbin on this. Draw your own conclusions about what that means for Sunday. (laughs) Um, I thought the match was good. I actually tried not to pay too much attention to this match because honestly, I want to be a bit more surprised by Sunday. Right. Um, You know, the faces won, so I almost expect some sort of a heel to win on Sunday. But, you know, the match itself was good. I mean, you've got six of the better guys out there. You've got your whole main event scene in one match. So it has no choice but to be at least a quality match and they gave it some time um you know you had a lot of entrances but they pretty much got started with this at 9 30 eastern um and after uh, entrances and everything i believe it got about 20 minutes um you know plus the the brawl and uh, nakamura grabbing the case at the very end but the match itself was was good you Lynn has had to step out just a moment it appeared grab some questions from our audience again that was the six-man main event for smackdown the faces come came away with the win there and let's go to a couple of questions from you guys oh there's glenn we have glenn back oh so you had to say i was just gonna come back on i was gonna be like salient points chris you make some (laughs) good insights there uh very good so uh, our main man is back yeah, so uh, yeah, let's take some questions and talk about some of the other news uh, this week, and then we'll hop into recapping the card for this Sunday. Sounds good. Um, let's see. I've got one question from Chris. That's a great name, by the way. Um, are you guys at all concerned at how they've been handling Nakamura? Um, <laughs> let, let, here, here's my thing. Yeah. Concerned is not even the word at this point, yeah. I don't think. Um, because if, if you guys watched Talking Smack last night, they gave Nakamura a 10-minute talking segment, and the guy has broken English at best, and when you have Renee and JBL, who are both talking pretty quickly, he's not catching every part of the question. So either A, you know, he didn't really answer what was asked, or B, he just sort of fumbled over his words. To me, you have to accentuate the strengths, eliminate the weaknesses. So let's put a guy who speaks broken English on a 10-minute talking segment. Well, and did he have the mouth guard in on Talking Smack? Because that's the he part. He did not. Okay, because that's the part that baffles me. He is 10 times better 
at speaking without the mouth guard in, yet they had him do those segments with Dolph in the ring with the mouth guard in, you know? So it's just like uh, impediment upon impediment to him being TV ready. So I I will watch Talking Smack. I do want to see that in the Hype Bros interview. Um, But yeah, 10 minutes for Nakamura, that just sounds dangerous. Absolutely. Um, And it was. So I hope... Not a lot of people watch that personally that way that he just doesn't lose what little bit of luster he has left. And he has just the natural charisma. He doesn't need to talk, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but Warren two, six, two asked, do you think Paige will actually wrestle in the WWE again after she has been uh, returning to, um, her training? What do you yeah, think about that one? I don't, I don't think they'll touch it, but who knows? I mean, Society is so weird right now that, uh, you know, what I'm going to say is this. If Paige returns to the WWE in the ring, China better get into the Hall of Fame next year. You know? Right. Um, let's see. Dang MQ. Um, is it is SummerSlam too soon for John Cena to get number 17? I don't think he's going to get... Um, a title match unless it's with wait for it Roman Reigns interesting because with with John Cena being a free agent that gives him free will to go everywhere so with John Cena possibly being a full-time actor in the next couple of years you already have Reigns and Lesnar pegged for WrestleMania next year that's almost two years down the line John Cena's going to be what is he 40 now so it'll be almost 42 at WrestleMania two years from now. So I wouldn't put it past them to pull the trigger on the Reigns Cena match at SummerSlam this year. Hmm. Maybe. I think it would be good. Um, but I could also see at Battleground, um, the next SmackDown pay per view, I could absolutely see John Cena versus Jinder Mahal. That seems like if Jinder goes over Randy on Sunday, like I could absolutely see Cena taking the title off Jinder or at least putting on a, a match with it with you know some sort of uh shady finish mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean we'll see man we'll see what happens but yeah the cena thing you know i agree with alonzo and people in the chat it is it is kind of bs it is an absolute ratings grab because cena was so associated with smackdown after the brand split and really i think helped carry that brand so it seems it seems to me like they're just trying to kneecap smackdown a little bit right now uh and not because of a problem with smackdown but because it's actually funny that they're looking to smackdown to solve raw's problems that's that's true um and by and large they kind of have because if you look at raw's sort of out of ring storytelling it's actually been pretty good lately uh the well yeah but there was that one that one episode that was that was pretty strong (laughs) <laughs> right. Uh, but the different angles, you know, the Enzo cast thing, the Graves and Angle thing, there's yeah. two or three, four storylines that you don't quite know exactly what's going to happen. And a lot of times we don't get that. So uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's good. But um, and one last question from the comments, uh, Veggie Gamer. Hey, Chris, why is your chalkboard so empty? Well, it, it does have one does have Mac Weldon on there, our wonderful sponsor. So it, it is there. But uh, so we thank them for sponsoring the program. But um, anything else for you, Glenn? I know I've got one more good little talking point I thought was was pretty funny. What what else do you have? Mac Weldon, also fantastic indie wrestler name. 
Just saying. Uh, like that's it. Mac Weldon really enjoyed his work in Ring of Honor. Did some great stuff in Japan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So the antithesis. Thank you for the great segue, by the way. Um, to this is we have some wannabe indie wrestlers and some wrestling fans and quote dumbass marks um, that have been given. Um, <laughs> no, that was a pure quote. I'm looking at it right here from Roman Reigns, our our lovable babyface Roman Reigns. So if if you guys aren't familiar with the story, um, Roman I think is getting a little tired of of the haters. Um, and thank you to whoever it was. Um, on the news page that got my headline, I said Reigns handles the haters. Uh, goodness. So it, it took a little deep thinking to get that headline. But anyways, he said um, in replying to Ian Porter on Twitter, um, here's a tip. Some of us don't like WWE or their BS politics. We're happier where we're at. That's from Ian Porter. Um, and Roman Reigns responded, let me give you a tip, amateur. WWE is the top of the mountain in pro wrestling a view that you'll never deserve or get to enjoy hashtag facts. Now, does that, does that seem very Roman reigns ish to you, Glenn? Oh, I think everyone just has a bad day on Twitter and with wrestlers, especially like they can't delete that stuff, you know? That, well, but the thing is that's only number one. It gets better. Um, <laughs> Jean lost fat. Mm, that sounds like a bad person that may or may not have had a relationship with this site at some point. And, in the past, um, and they were telling Roman Reigns, and you're sorry, you know what, was positioned at the top thanks to your family. You were handed your position. You never earned it. To which our friend Roman Reigns says, yeah, I guess working my butt off five days a week while being away from my wife and kids at least uh, the last seven years is being, quote, handled it. Hashtag dumbass Mark. I oh. think nepotism <laughs> in the WWE is not nearly as bad. I mean, look, Noel Foley, sure. Mm. That's yeah. an example where it's like, okay, no one would be paying attention to this if you weren't Mick Foley's daughter, you know? And then and then Frank the Clown, you know, residually from that. Yes. But yeah, so, so thanks. Thanks, Foley family, for uh, elevating Frank. Um, but no, I think, uh, you know, whether it's Roman, whether it's uh, Natalia, I mean, you hear all the wrestlers talk about this and all it did was got them the chance to be looked at. But if they didn't, we saw, again, we saw it with Noel. If you don't have it, they're not just signing you because you're somebody's daughter. Like you legitimately right. have to pass a certain threshold. You can get their attention by a family relation, but you, you need to fight to keep it. And you probably have to work harder than a lot of people because people assume that you're being handed something. So no, with Roman, I mean, look, man, going back to, early NXT and FCW. I mean, this is not a guy who came in at the top. Um, so I yeah. think that's a weird charge for somebody to give him. I mean, no one, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, man, but even people that dislike him or, you know, the supposed smart crowd that, that gives him a lot of crap. We're not saying he can't wrestle. We're not saying he's not talented. We're just saying that he's been booked in a way that makes people feel like he's being forced upon us as like Romans, the top guy accepted. It mm -hmm. hasn't been organic. That's entirely where it comes from. And, you know, we talked about it um, with Matt. Like, and funny, Matt didn't even, Matt Morgan wasn't even as aware of this. Um, but there, there were like three promos that people said really made it feel like Roman was just being forced uh, on the crowd. One was mm -hmm. the Mark Henry, uh, the internet 
has dubbed it the you're the real world's strongest man Roman uh, mm-hmm. promo, but where Mark says, oh, I attacked him because I was testing him and now I'm a believer. You know, uh, Daniel Bryan, the I doubted you and now I want to say you won my respects, you know, right. and I'm cheering you. And then AJ doing the, yeah, you kicked my ass, but let me put you over, you know, mm-hmm. and tell you how great you are. It's like, I think those three are the reason why a lot of the internet wrestling community feels that it's it's just at the expense of other wrestlers having to, you know, not put them over in the old way, but literally having to, to almost uh, debase themselves. Right. Talk. Yeah. And, and yep, yeah, for sure. And, and a lot of his fandom um, comes to the aid of him pretty quickly. Um, but, and you see a lot of the superstars and even officials, Charles Robinson came to um, defend Reigns as well during this whole process. When you have guys that have been in the business for that long and putting you over, you know, t- talking about your hard work, then guess what? The guy's probably doing it the right way. Absolutely. So um, it's more perception um, with the character than it is the guy, um, even though he is the guy, if you if you weren't aware. But <laughs> Well, and that's the thing. So it's like on Twitter, um, I mean, I get it, and I, you know, read this story being out there, and I think that – so maybe this is. Maybe they're turning him heel. Maybe they're going to let him be uh, the smart killer going into uh you know the next pay-per-view and stuff going forward on raw i think that'd be a great angle honestly i think if they want to get real reality era i mean let's bring it with roman and i think that will be the heel turn that will get all the neck beards to shut up because they'll be like okay this is kind of cool you know like if he's taking the piss out of uh, the iwc so Mm -hmm. um yeah, great move there. I mean, and, and people like that, by the way. I mean, that that thing from Access, that picture that went around, the girl gave him the mug that said "Smart Tears," and I'm drinking out of it. People like, people like this uh-huh. angle of Roman. Even the smarks that give him crap like this angle for Roman. So, so good for him, man. But I think that uh, this could just very well be him having a day where he doesn't want to put up with people's uh, s anymore. Exactly. So um, we'll see if he incorporates it a little bit into his character. Probably not. Um, but even as Matt says, uh, I think he said on the podcast before, if Reigns had a little more free will on how he was booked rather than just saying yes to, you know, his promos and whatever he's having to do that night, I think he would be extremely over because I think he has a knack for what he needs to be, but maybe just can't show it at this point. Um, but you know, we'll see. Uh, but we have a uh, big event, your favorite pay-per-view of the year, this Sunday night. And it's times two because we're getting a men's money in the bank and a women's money in the bank, which mm-hmm. is something that I've wanted to see for a long time. I think uh, the SmackDown women's roster deserves it. So as it stands right now, we got Jinder Mahal with the Singh Brothers versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles versus Baron Corbin versus Sami Zayn versus Dolph Ziggler versus Shinsuke Nakamura in a money, money in the bank ladder match uh, for an opportunity to cash in at any time for a shot of that WWE championship. The Usos versus the New Day for the tag team, the SmackDown tag team titles. Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair versus Natalia versus Tamina versus Carmella with James Ellsworth in a Money in the Bank <laughs> ladder match for a chance at the WWE Women's SmackDown Championship. And Naomi defending her title against Alana for that Women's Championship. So that's what we got so far. I will not be surprised if uh, the fashion police versus the colognes are added to the pre-show. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe we'll even see them trot out the old favorite now of Ty Dillinger versus Aiden English, which seems to be their go-to pre-show match uh, for something to come back to. Uh, they may have only done that once, but it feels like that's been tossed in a bunch of times now. I feel like I've seen that. Yeah, and 
Dillinger's one guy that has pretty much been absent. Um, he's oh, been in man. some of the he's been in some of the dark matches, but not on the show the past three or four weeks. They even showed the song last night, the fan holding up the MIA uh, <laughs> tie picture, right. which I love. That I love when they don't uh, avoid, you know, showing such things. So uh, let's talk some predictions for what's going to happen. I'd love to get uh, the the fans in the chat, seeing what they think. Um, so let's just go through it. Naomi versus Lana. Uh, you know, you've heard my thoughts. I think Lana could very well win this in a huge upset because that really, uh, you know, anyone could take the belt off of Lana. I think with Naomi, um, it would be tough to take, have a face Charlotte or face Becky challenge Naomi for it. So, uh, who do you, who do you think is going to win? If they're going to have a baby face win the money in the bank, um, and I'll even put Charlotte in, in that category, then I think Lana probably wins here. Um, and it gives her some instant heat to beat a fairly popular champion. Um, and it gives her a chance to work with the baby face, but it also, I think gives Naomi the chance since there's only five women in the match and six in the men's match. If this match goes on early, uh, to, <laughs> to put Naomi in the money in the bank ladder match. That'd be interesting. Although man, like <clears throat> kind of, I mean, I, I could almost see that happening given the card. I mean, do you think that's going to open the show, Naomi versus Lana? I guess it kind God, of. Makes sense. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think that makes a lot of sense. If if anything opens the show on the women's side, it would be the ladder match. Um, I wonder if they're going to. I wonder if they're going to book in the shows. Uh, book in the show with the ladder matches, or if we're going to see the women's like halfway through in the men's as the main event. I don't think we're going to see the uh, Mahal Orton match at the very end. I think that's probably the co-main or somewhere in, in mid card abyss. Um, I honestly think uh, that the men's Money in the Bank match will will close the show. So I wonder if the women's will be in the middle or if it'll kick off the show. Yeah, Naomi versus Lana, and this is no disrespect to them, but, I mean, there's not a lot of cool down on this card. I mean, that that and Jinder versus Orton, I hate to say it, like those, because I think the Usos versus the New Day, I could see them opening with that because that would open really hot. Um, I could see that opening. And then uh, maybe go in Naomi versus Lana. No, see, but the, I don't think they'll do the women's back to back. Maybe they would, but who knows? It's uh, it's tough. But there's uh, got to be some filler somewhere. But you, you can't imagine that the women's Money in the Bank match would be extremely long. Um, the guys' match probably will be. Uh, I would expect the tag match to be pretty long too. So I mean, you have to fill the card somewhere. There's got to be one or two card fillers in there somewhere that that haven't been listed yet. Yeah. So Aiden. Tie, go out there, man. Put on your boots, guys. Show your stuff. American Alpha versus the Ascension. Let's do this. Um, yeah, wow. Okay, so we could both see Lana winning this. Um, my only reservation about that is see Lana versus Charlotte. I think will expose Lana's weaknesses in the uh, in the ring, and I think I think Becky would probably be a little better versus Lana. So I'm just thinking ahead to who's going to win that women's match. I mean, who do you think is going to get it? I, I don't think Charlotte needs that i think charlotte's going to be a contender no matter what um i've seen carmella people speculate that Car- carmella is someone that can win the women's money in the bank match <laughs> but then again becky they've liked becky for a lot of firsts so yeah i mean they seem to believe in becky as kind of like the grizzled vet that works with everybody and just gives a good match any time of the day but uh, i don't know if they'll give it to her right now um if lana wins the women's championship i have to go I'm just thinking Vince McMahon booking here. I got to say Charlotte Flair because 
blonde versus blonde, and they see Charlotte as a great worker. She's good. She she's good. Not great to me. I'll probably get a lot of hate for that, but I, I think that they think that's a I think believe they believe that that is a marquee matchup. Charlotte has an unfortunate air of inevitability, and they've done nothing to shake that. Remember when she was champ on Raw, and it just seemed like it was, I mean, she would lose it, then she would win it right back. I mean, it just, I don't know, it got boring. It, I mean, I think, and in in SmackDown, I just think they would make her so dominant um, that, and they haven't done it yet. Actually, it's very good they didn't put her into a singles program immediately, because I think that mm-hmm. she would have overshadowed all the other women. So I don't think they know what they want to do with her yet. but. Um, you know, I'd like to see Becky win. Um, I'd like to see Becky win everything. <laughs> like, I think I think Becky's fantastic. Um, but I could see Carmella being a weird wild card in this. I kind of agree with that. Um, I don't think Natalia needs it. I don't think Tamina, they believe in enough. And with Charlotte, Charlotte doesn't need it either. So I think, um, Be- you know, for Becky, it would be a nice reward given how they kind of screwed up. Mm-hmm. Uh her, I mean, she was champion and then she lost the championship and I don't feel like they ever really recovered after she had that undisclosed medical issue that took her out around no mercy last year. Let, let's talk about the real issue here. Um, yeah. Where does James Ellsworth get involved in this match? Oh, that's true. That's why Carmella could win it. I mean, honestly, yeah. uh, I think he gets hit with a ladder. He either gets hit with a ladder uh, and knocked out or he's going to, he's going to help Carmella win kind of like Alonzo was saying in the chat. And probably take an outrageous yep. bump. So Yep, very true. Um, a lot of you guys have um, Becky winning um, and Carmella as a wild card. So I guess you guys somewhat agree with us. But I'll, I'll stay with Charlotte on this one. Um, okay, so do the Usos retain? That's the big question. Or do they give it to New Day right away? I believe if I saw a stat correctly, um, the Usos have now become the longest reigning SmackDown tag champs. Um, <laughs> that was hard. Uh, not that that, again, not that yeah. that was very hard, but they have now surpassed, uh, I guess, Slater and Rhino, I believe, at, in, in that threshold. But um, is it too soon for the New Day to go ahead and, and get that? And New Day doesn't need it. New Day don't need the belts. New Day are, I mean, a, a main attraction in the WWE. That you know, the Usos having the titles have elevated them. I think, um, and there will be no credibility to that feud if the New Day wins the belts right, right off. Right, and uh, you know, I think it's a, as you said, New Day is a team that doesn't need the <clears throat> doesn't need the belts per se whereas the titles are actually helping the Usos. So. Yeah, I want the Usos to retain. I um, love what the Usos are doing. I think, uh, so, I mean, it's amazing, actually, to think about what's it now. I mean, I remember when they were in NXT, they've been in the main roster, what, now, four years? Um, uh, if not longer, yeah. And, yeah, and they because they did a lot of main roster matches even when they were in X- NXT. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, the last six months, this is this is their their peak so far in professional wrestling, and I don't know if you noticed last night they finally got the merch, so maybe they they're did. retaining. Uh, no longer those uh, you know iron on letters. They got some real day one ish shirts or day one is H shirts. Um, <laughs> which yeah, you know I feel like 
I feel like if I buy one of those shirts, some of that money should go to Brazongo because I feel like in a way that's their merch now too. Right, it got it over, so there it is. Yeah, no, there's a little percentage to the fashion police under the table. Absolutely, man. Um, so the big one, the big money in the bank match. I got Corbin to win. Who do you think is going to get it? Just for the sake of disagreeing, because I actually would pick Corbin as well. Um, man, oh man. Nakamura is not going to win it unless they go completely 180 on what their usual Doesn't booking is. Um, also, well, I don't know. Does he at this point? Um, <laughs> we we would have thought that originally, but uh, considering what they've done to him since he's been brought up, I almost think that uh, it wouldn't hurt him to have it. Um, Styles doesn't need it. Zane, since he got the pin tonight, I don't think he gets it. Uh, like you said, Carmella is a dark horse in the women's match. Dolph Ziggler. Oh, Chris is frozen for me. I'm going to reload quickly. And I think we lost Glenn once again. Sorry if we have any connection issues. But as I was saying, not sure what you guys heard of what I was talking about on the men's money in the bank match. But uh, since Carmella is that sort of dark horse that doesn't necessarily uh, think that anybody's going to get it, I think Dolph Ziggler would be that dark horse in this match. Uh, so just for the sake of disagreeing with our good friend, Glenn, let me go with Ziggler. Ziggler, that'd be interesting. Um, I think, hmm, you know, okay, so here's a thought. Tell me what you think of this, Chris. What if Sami Zayn wins it? And based on what we've seen of his character, we are treated to uh, the next 26 weeks of every night Sami Zayn debating on camera <laughs> should i cash it inside well on one hand it would make sense you know and him doing this whole thing and that becomes his entire shtick for the entirety of the briefcase is you see him every night go out and just argue about it and talk himself out of cashing in every night that would actually be kind of tremendous i'm not gonna lie <laughs> that i could see that I could absolutely see with that angle. That, and that's the only reason why I think they would do it is because Vince would probably find that hilarious to have him be indecisive about it um, for the entirety of the year. Yep. I mean, it's always a possibility. Um, again, my heart says Corbin, but as a dark horse, I'll go Ziggler. So when do you think, when do you think it gets cashed in last night, last year, we saw it cashed in same night, Dean Ambrose. So all the members of the shield were champion in the span of about 10 minutes yep. on the WWE last year. How soon do you think the cash in is this year? I think it takes a little while this year. Um, based on the fact that I think this match goes on last. Um, I, I don't think they're going to have a chance to take out Mahal or Orton, whoever has it at the end of the night. I think this match goes on last. So, could it be the very next night if um, whoever's champion gets beat down by somebody else? Sure. Uh, but I actually think they're going to drag it out a little bit because it gives them that extra storyline for, for SmackDown. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, and the big one, Mahal versus Randy Orton, the second big one. I mean, the money in the bank is the big one on the money in the bank pay-per-view. But the question is, Jinder Mahal, is it time for this wild ride to be over? Or is Jinder going to retain in Randy Orton's hometown? I have Mahal retaining, floating for a couple of weeks, and enter John Cena. I think it works, man. Make it happen. I think that's a solid, solid way to go. Yep. No, it's very easy. Um, and then if Cena gets the title, ooh, Reigns versus 
um, Cena, for, Cena the for the title at Our SummerSlam. Worst come true. Um, that it just. Oh, I'm getting Chris uh, freezing again. People, apologies for the technical. I, there we go. You unfroze. Okay, there we go. I was saying uh, the, that that story kind of writes itself. So um, the rain scene thing. Draft. Yeah. If they do another draft That's true. That's true. Uh, after Battleground. So we'll see, man. So uh, tune in here for a full recap of Money in the Bank right when it ends, East Coast time on Sunday night. Myself, Raj Geary, Matt Morgan, talking about the matches, talking about the highs, talking about the lows. Really, this should be a good pay-per-view. Money in the Bank is the hardest pay-per-view for the WWE to screw up um, because the Money in the Bank match is almost always fantastic. Last year, I thought the match was great. I thought the cash-in twist at the end was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites of last year. Love the match. Looking forward to Sunday. I think it's going to be a good show. Absolutely. And join us right back here next Wednesday, guys. We'll have um, former announcer and current really good podcast uh, host, Tony Schiavone, uh, with us. So Raj will be back with us with Tony Schiavone next week. Yeah, and of course, Monday Night Raw next week as well. Myself, Matt Morgan, and Raj Geary. So, Chris, thanks for filling in Monday and Wednesday this week. Absolutely. Um, you can hang out with me every Wednesday, I think, hopefully for the foreseeable future. But uh, uh, have fun on the Wednesday, uh, Monday cast as well. Appreciate you guys having me. Yep, it'll be good, man. And, of course, uh, you can find you on Twitter at? At Knockdown underscore Radio. Cool, man. So until next time, folks, on behalf of myself and Mr. Chris Calicut, I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and we'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.